Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you have questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do that. You can email us or tweet at us. So if you're on email, uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the email address. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. If you've given up email completely because it's so 2000s, um, you can tweet at us. Uh, SF Diocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, our Twitter handle, SF Diocese. S as in Sue, F as in Falls, Diocese, D-I-O-C-E-S-E. And again, the hashtag ignition will help your tweet find its way to us more quickly. Again, my name is Chris Bergwald. Um, my regular co-host is Father Andrew Dickinson. Um, he is not with us today. Instead, I have one of my regular guest co-hosts. I'm not sure to regular. Well, yeah, I do. I won't explain it. Renee Leach is here. Hi, Renee. Hi, Chris. Hi, listeners. <laughs> so, <laughs> Renee, we should, uh, uh, in case somebody's tuning into Ignition for the first time, we should um, maybe briefly explain a little bit more, introduce ourselves a little bit more than just names. Okay. So you go first. This Me time. first. Uh, I'm Renee Leach. I work in the human resources office at the diocese, and I am married, and I have two adult children. Um, and and why do you suppose you're on ignition as a guest co-host? Because Chris couldn't find anybody else because who at would the bottom of the barrel. The bottom of the barrel. <laughs> or I not. drew the short straw. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> there's another. Re- why else might you be on here? Um. Because I am very passionate about my faith and the Catholic Church and excited to share that with those that are around me. I think that's probably Anyone closer. who will listen. That's, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's I think that's probably closer to the truth. Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm, my day job is Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And as such, I would hope I would be also passionate about Jesus Christ and his church and willing to talk to those around me about it. Um, but, but you, you have a degree, know. yeah. yeah have, you have a degree. Have I'm, a degree. <laughs> I'm just the nobody. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you haven't used your, your tagline yet. Oh, we're, well, we're, we're already I, like two and a half minutes I in. I am the average Catholic woman. Okay. Um, what does that mean, by the way? As opposed to what? Uh, I don't have a degree. I'm I'm not uh, religious. I am not uh, trained. I am just a convert who um, really loves the Catholic faith and Jesus Christ, and um, am continually seeking to learn more. Great. So I told you my day job. Um, my first vocation, though, is husband um, and father to five kids. Uh, no grandkids yet, though. I'm a little oh, ways away. You are a little ways away. I have a, I have a, I'm expecting a grandbaby. I, well, my son is expecting a baby. Right. His wife is expecting a baby. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Um, in November. So I'm going to be a first-time grandma in November. I'm very excited. Cool. So uh, we are going to be talking today about something um, 
that I think for a lot of Catholics is probably a little bit intimidating. Um, actually, just part of what this thing is. And the thing is the catechism of the Catholic Church. So uh, actually, and what we're going to spend uh, the, the vast majority of, of this episode of Ignition talking about just one part. But Renee, before the listener tu- turns the dial or po- stops the podcast, why should they not stop just because I said those words, catechism of the Catholic Church? I know that you actually um, have read the catechism before, cover to cover. I have, which makes me a total nerd. Um, but there, uh, uh, don't give up on it. It's it's beautiful. Um, it's a collection of all the 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 greatest minds in the church um, after the Bible, right. and it's all in one spot. You don't have to go digging for it, and it just um, it's like the cherry on top of a beautiful ice cream sundae. Great. That's, ooh, that oh, making me hungry. I've had lunch yet. Um, <laughs> So, it's so the the catechism. If if somebody's maybe not familiar with it, is basically uh, the church's presentation. Uh, you and I had done another episode recently about uh, a, a modern spiritual classic, um, "My Other Self" by Clarence Ensler. And I was struck when you were talking about that book about you know why read it as opposed to other spiritual classics from you know the two thousand years. And you just made the the excellent point that that book is written in a style that's easier to understand for us. It was only written 50 years ago, um, and so it's in a style that's easier for us to understand than maybe something written uh, 500 years ago. Exactly. I think similarly, too, with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it's it's, uh, a systematic, so a thorough presentation of what we believe as Catholics, written in a way that, that people of our day and age might be more likely to understand. So there are also all sorts of great theology texts from the last 2,000 years, um, all sorts of great presentations of the faith. This one is written uh, by and large in a way that, that we can understand it. And Renee, I, wanna, I know I shared something with you um, recently that had really struck me about the difficulty sometimes that comes with reading theology, but why that shouldn't necessarily stop us. Do you, do, before I explain it, do you, remember, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, somebody else, uh, a much brighter and greater mind than mine. I was reading a little booklet booklet on the Catechism by uh, the the English theologian, uh, living theologian Petrak Willy, W I L L E Y. And in his little booklet on the Catechism, um, he he makes a great point that reading the Catechism sometimes. So, so Renee, did you have this experience? It's generally readable, but there are times where it gets a little, maybe a little little deep. I was actually kind of sitting here thinking that about um, the, my, the book, My Other Self, that we were t- had talked about before is more contemporary. This one is a little bit heavier. It's a, it, And I don't want to say academic yep. because that makes it sound like it's boring. Right. Um, but this one's a little bit more of a stretch. Okay. And, 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 so, and that's definitely true because I'm encouraging people all the time to read the catechism, but I know – that they're first of all, they can be, they can be intimidated by the size. It's a thick book, and my response to that is just take your time. You don't have to read it all today or this month or this year. Take your time. Just read like a page. Why are you look? What was that? I'm laughing. I got a be- smile right there. Well, because I'm laughing because when I when I was in the effort of reading it over the course of a year, I actually took it with me um, to doctor's appointments when I knew I had waiting <laughs> time, time. You know, yep. so I carried mine around with me for a year, which again tells you what a nerd I am. <laughs> but that's because you were trying to read it within a year for a specific yes. purpose. Um, put, as I put it um, to somebody else, put this on your bucket list. It, it doesn't have to be your New Year's resolution. It can be a bucket list. And item. don't try to do it in a year. Spread okay. it out. Okay, so you re- recommend spreading it. I spreading would it recommend out. spreading Great. it out. Um, so the size 
it can be intimidating, but also the language. Uh, people, they might imagine without opening it that it might be dry or dull. Um, you already indicated when you read it, it wasn't those. But sometimes the language for people, they imagine, and there can be some truth in it, as you were just saying, that it can be a little bit challenging of a read. Um, the point that Petrak Willie makes in his little booklet is that this should not intimidate us because what the catechism is presenting us is the language of our faith. And the thing that struck me, Renee, that, that I was sharing with you um, recently was, I, I think of it like, the, the, it's the language of our faith. It, that means it's the language of my true home, of our true home. Um, we are in exile from our true home right now. Amen. And and just as, you know, when we, when, when we're learning a foreign language, it can be tough. In this case, it's like a foreign language, but it's actually my homeland's language. It's just, I haven't spoken it. In a long time. Or forever. Or ever, yeah. Uh, so, 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 yeah, there might be some difficulty in learning the foreign language, which is really the language of faith, which is really the language of my homeland, but it's worth it. It is. And and I actually, I was just thinking, too, is um, the struggle, um, reaching for it, that's what makes us grow. That's right. what... That's what helps us become spiritual, spiritually mature, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's exactly. our journey to holiness. Pope Francis talks a lot about us, you know, that the Lord will, will will oftentimes stretch us outside of our comfort zone, and this that can happen in all sorts of ways. One of those ways, though, can stretch our our, our mind, our understanding, right. just as the Catechism can do. Right. Um, so, so that like that, that metaphor of of learning the language of faith being our language of homeland. I love that. That rings true for yeah, you. Yeah, totally. Okay. And it actually. Um, it actually makes me feel a little bit better that it's okay that it's a struggle. Um, it's supposed to be, right. and not to give up to keep to keep working at it and keep growing in it so that it gets. And it tells me it will get easier. Right, right. And I, I'm thinking there <laughs> as, you, as you say that. Please, God. Please. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm reminded there of what Saint Paul wrote to the Romans in his letter to the Romans, chapter twelve. Um, verse one, two or three, somewhere early in chapter 12, he said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So as disciples, we are called to be renewed in our mind, in our intellect, in our understanding. So uh, that renewal requires some stretching usually. It does. So, And, And the journey to holiness requires us to die to ourselves. So the old ways have to pass away and, and we become new. And to do that is, to continue to learn and to grow and to um, keep reaching. Keep reaching. So what I want to look today, though, rather that's sort of a, a broad introduction to reading the catechism, but I really want to focus on one part, um, just actually just a, 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 frankly about a page and a half in the catechism that really uh, struck me as I was teaching it to a, a group of people uh, earlier this fall. Um this is the section of the catechism uh, that, that's talking about grace. And, and there are all sorts of sections of the, of the catechism that talk about grace. But this is in the, the third part of the catechism, which is on life in Christ, which is about how we should live our faith out. Um, and and Renee, I'm, I'm just briefly, I'm, I'm struck that I think when people think of uh, how you live, your, how living things, living rightly, living according to our faith, we think of morality or moral theology. But the title of this part of the catechism is Life in Christ, which I think is really worth noting that it's this is how we live because we are in jesus christ we're joined to him as you said in our episode talking about clarence ensler's book my other self 
we are another Christ. We are Jesus's other self. We are literally his hands and feet right. in this in this world. In the world. And so to live in him, to be his hands. What, is, what does it mean to be his hands and feet? That's what the third part of the catechism unpacks. What does it mean to be another Christ? How do I live as Christ? What does that look like? What does that look like? Um, and so, it, it, of course, it, it will get into the Ten Commandments and that sort of thing and talks about virtues. But it spends this part of the catechism early on talks a lot about the importance of grace. And I just want to look um, in this episode, um, the time we have left, at some of the pa- the, 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 the paragraphs summarizing what the catechism teaches us about grace. Uh, in case you're just tuning in, I should mention that you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and my guest co-host today is... Renee Leach. And you are a... Average Catholic average woman. Catholic woman. Uh, married, uh, mother, and soon-to-be... Soon-to-be. Uh, well, I am a grandma. You She's just grandma. not here yet. That's right. Well, she is here yet. She's just, just not born yet. I just can't hold her That's yet. Right. <laughs> She's still in her mommy's tummy. And I am Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, but I am also a husband and father, but not yet grandfather. Yeah. You got a ways to go, I got dude. a ways to he go, He doesn't yeah. have teenagers yet. No. I've got tween, tween, anyway. Okay. So we're talking about the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and and we're getting into one particular section of the Catechism, which talks about grace. So if you're following along at home, <laughs> or if you want to follow along at home, we're going to be looking at paragraphs 20, 17, and following. Um, not page number, paragraph number. So it's the bold number at the beginning of each paragraph. Uh, I should mention also, you can find the Catechism online for free. So if you just want to look this up, if you don't have a copy at home, uh, you can do that. But 2017, um, and Renee, if you wouldn't mind, and, and we're going to go through as much of this as we can in the time we have left, um, but because you, your, your voice is so much better than mine, uh, would you mind reading? <laughs> I'm getting looks. If this were a video uh, podcast, uh, it'd be much more interesting right now, but I just got a nasty look. Uh, uh, there was no prep for me. Yeah, I'm I know. doing this cold. I know, I know so. you can read though, right? Okay. 2017, the grace of the Holy Spirit conferred upon the righteousness. Okay. I'm going to start over because okay. that was terrible. Sorry. See, this is why he does this Sorry. to me. <laughs> the grace of the Holy Spirit confers upon us the righteousness of God, uniting us by faith and baptism to the passion and resurrection of Christ, the Spirit makes us sharers in his life. Okay. When I was teaching this, um, I, I was teaching the previous section as well, uh, Renee, and we were going through it. And it was a lot of fun, and and truly, it was a lot of fun. Um, we were really, like, they were getting into it. I was into it. Um, it was the previous part, the catechism, we were looking at the in brief section there and we moved here and I did what I just did to you. I had somebody just read that and I was struck. I'm convinced that I was struck, uh, in my heart by the Holy spirit that he said, stop, slow down and have him. It was, it was a man who read it, have him read it again. And I'm not going to do that to you right now. I just, I don't want to take too much time here. But we did, and so we we slowed down big time from the more, the faster pace at which I can often Teach. go. Yes, and, <laughs> and 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 so off. I think with with anything that's true, that's good, that's beautiful, particularly when it comes to our faith. So this is definitely true with scripture as well. But I think even a text of of prose like the Catechism, we can read something. Oh yeah, I know that. We just move on. 
But if we stop and sit with it, like we do with spiritual reading, as we were talking about with Ensler's text, My Other Self, even with something that's more um, catechetical or theological or whatever, we can still stop and 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 be. We can go a lot deeper. There's a lot more depth than we initially realize. Fine. It, I think it's a matter of of sitting with it and seeing what God wants to tell you in the midst in, of it. In the midst. So, so what struck me about that, and still does that first sentence that you read: "The grace of the Holy Spirit confers upon us the righteousness of God." Stop and think about that. That when we receive grace as Christians, when we receive grace in the, through the sacraments in particular for us as Catholics, we are receiving the very righteousness of God himself. So what is righteousness? It's, it's, it's his goodness. It's his justice. He's perfectly just. And he gives that to you and to me through grace. Define grace. Well, that's, that's, not, that's what this is doing. It's, okay, no, well, this will do that. So we're going to get to a definition. But through whatever that grace thing is, yeah. we are given the righteousness of God himself. And my response to that is, who am I? I am, by his grace, his beloved son. And you are, by his grace, his beloved daughter. And it's because of that, it's by that actually, by by making us his children, that he gives us his goodness, his justice, his righteousness. Our God is an awesome God. That's my response to that. Amen. That's not what the catechism says, but that's what Chris Bergwald says. That's just one sentence in 2017. So uh, the, the second sentence that you read there, uniting us by faith and baptism to the passion and resurrection of Christ, the spirit makes us sharers in his life. So I would just want to point out there, by the way, the reference in the first sentence to God is sort of standing, the, the shorthand for God, the father, and then there's a rec- rec- reference to Jesus and the spirit. So in this paragraph, it's a little bit subtle, but there's reference to God as father, son, and Holy Spirit. It's the grace of all three persons of the Trinity that we receive. So the second sentence is telling us that the Spirit joins us, unites us by our faith and by our baptism to the passion passion and resurrection of Christ. So I think there, Renee, of what, uh, something um, you shared with me before, you shared in our uh, the last episode that you and I did together on Ensler's book, My Other Self, um, about how... Uh, you find joy in the midst of your own personal suffering with a disease that you struggle with. Uh, you find joy. Uh, you can find joy because you know that 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 God is with you in it. What I love about this paragraph is it's telling all of us that we have, by our faith and baptism, through grace, been joined to both the passion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think there's something there for anybody who's suffering. Absolutely, absolutely, because it's. Um, and actually when I just read that, I was kind of struck by uniting us. That means that we are in it. Right. We are, we are in it. We are part of it. Um, and, 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 and the, not just the passion, the passion and the passion was important. It had to happen. And, and, and that's where redemptive suffering comes in, where we can unite our pain with his and yep. we are there with him on the cross and 
feeling his pain and he's feeling our pain and we're in it together. And and that's redemptive suffering because we are there offering it for the salvation of the world. But we're also united with him in the resurrection. Right. So what does that mean to you? So it's you're you're moved right now. I am. I'm 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 getting teary in the fact that the passion will end and and the resurrection will come and we will be made whole and we will be joined with him for eternity. And I would also say that so when we when you've spoke before about how you can experience joy even in the midst of your suffering, you are already receiving a foretaste of the resurrection. In that you've been joined to the resurrection. It's not just that you will be joined to the resurrection. Right. But even right now in the midst of the suffering, you are also joined to the resurrection. And that that is why and how you're able to receive that joy. I totally agree. Amen. Amen. Then finally, (laughs) the rest of that sentence. So uniting us by faith and baptism, the passion and resurrection of Christ, the spirit makes us sharers in his life. And this is the thing that probably I think strikes me the most and that, that, that we need to spend more time on than we often do. Mm-hmm. What is the good news of Jesus Christ? There's many ways to answer that question, but the thing that strikes me most, or one of the things that personally strikes me most um, is, is the answer to that question, which is given here in the catechism in, in 2017. The good news of Jesus Christ is that the spirit by joining us to Jesus makes us sharers in his life. And again, I think there's way more depth than we initially think there is in that little sentence. What does that mean, sharers? That means that, and this is taken from Scripture, St. Peter talks about in, I think it's a second letter, um, that we are partakers of the divine nature. We share in God's own life. We share in the life of Jesus Christ, who is both perfect man and, perf- and, and, and true God. True man and true God. We share by grace in God's own life. When we see it, we are his adopted sons and daughters. That's not just a, a cute metaphor or, or um, um, an image or an analogy that's supposed to give us, give us the warm and fuzzies. It's making a literally true statement. And how does that... And how, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that, Chris. What does that mean for the average Catholic? How does that? Why is that important? Um, why is that important to say that we share in God's own nature? Because I think God's desire is when we think about what's what's God's plan for us. Well, it'd be with Him forever in heaven. What does that mean? What, okay, so I'm gonna I'm asking question back to you, Renee. <laughs> Welcome to a discussion between Chris and Renee. <laughs> what is what is heaven? Do you think for most people, not for yourself, because you already probably know where I'm going. What is, when, when most people think of heaven? What do you think they think of? Oh, a city in the sky with clouds and fluff and yeah. sunshine and yeah, yeah. So paradise, paradise. Uh, maybe a little bit like what we imagine might imagine the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve to have been like before the fall. Like everything's perfect and. And in harmony and so on. That's all true. Heaven is even more than that. God's plan is more than um, paradise. God's plan, his desire for us is that we would share in his own life. What does that mean? Who is God? We say, well, God is love. Yeah, that's true. But what does that mean? God, the father, God literally is love. 
he is God, God the Father gives himself completely. That's what love means, to give yourself completely to another. So God the Father gives himself completely out, pours himself out completely to the Son. The Son receives the Father's complete gift of himself, and he returns it. The Son gives himself back completely to the Father. And that, what what what, what scholars, saints, and theologians call that mutual exchange, the Father to the Son, the Son back to the Father, that is the Holy Spirit. So God isn't just some static being sitting on a throne up in the bright sky somewhere. God is to me a fiery uh, he's he, he's a fire. He is three persons pouring themselves out completely to another and his plan is for to plunge us us into the midst in of that fire that we would become alive and on fire with him with his own nature, with his own love, because in that we experience perfection and unimaginable joy. You talk about you talk about joy all the time. Joy yep. is your word. That's what God desires for us. His perfect love, his perfect joy, he gives to us when he plunges us into the midst of who he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're not going to have time to it, to get into it, but there's a there's a later line. 2021 says that grace introduces us into the intimacy of the Trinitarian life. God opens up who he are, who he are, who he is <laughs> in the depths of his being, and he invites us in. Into the into the into the intimacy of the Trinitarian life, and that's where we'll be for eternity. And that, that yeah. So His will isn't just perfection, like Eden. His will isn't just to gaze on Him. Wow, how beautiful He is. His will is to draw us in, to bring us to into that, to it. be part to of be it, to be an actual part of it. So the the way that throughout. Uh, the, the the centuries, the church has put this. So saints, scholars, and so on. God became man. So the, the pinnacle of God's plan, is his, he sent his son to save us. What does that mean though? He became man. God became man so that man, you and I, every one of us, so that man might become God. God became man so that man may become God. God's plan is not to just free us from our sins. It is that, but that's just the first step. He frees us from our sins so that we are pure enough to enter into the, to be plunged into that fiery Trinitarian life. The door was opened. Uh, exactly. And not just, a, not just the pearly gates, the, the door was opened into the heart of God into himself. Into the heart of God. It was closed. It was closed in the Garden of Eden. And it was opened on the cross. And it was opened on the cross. When Jesus' when Jesus side, was, side pierced. was pierced. I just, I just made that up right now, but yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is one paragraph. 2017, we just spent an episode unpacking that. I would encourage anybody to read it more and to recognize, reflect on it, and meditate on what God's plan is for you. Amen? Amen. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition with thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.